Hello. Hello, Marilyn. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Dan. How are you? Oh, I couldn't complain about anything. You know how it goes. Yeah, I suppose I do. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I was, yeah. uh, ooh, ah, busy ooh. day. Crazy stuff. Are you okay? You need Oof. to, uh, lay down? Oh, no, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I don't have overmuch, uh, prepared for today. Uh, but, you know, I got a couple things. You got anything on your mind? I mean, I've always got stuff in my mind, but, you know, we can, uh, we can do, we can start with what's, uh, well, what, what are you, what are you excited about right now, Dan? I'm excited about the total lack of all, uh, movies that are out right now. The, the lack of it. We're, we're in like a, like a down spike. What are you talking about? There's nothing, nothing in the theaters to go see yet. Oh, it's supposed to be summer. Theater. We're supposed to have like the big, the big movies. I watched, uh, I did, <laughs> I don't know why I did this, but my son and I watched Morbius. Oh man. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? No, I haven't. But <laughs> as I don't know if you get this from your similarly aged teen, but I, I often can't tell, you know, whether my kid's ardor for something is mostly based in irony, uh-huh. which is understandable. <laughs> like uh-huh. I, I have a lot of stuff I like, you know, kind of ironically. I get that. But at the same time, it's like, I am not going to sit through that movie. I've, I've, I've tried to watch Dr. Strange three times and I can't get past oh, the, the first the new one, minutes. The new one? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I'm watched I'm sure it's it. fine, but I haven't kept up with the trades. I don't always know what's going on. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, yeah, this like, boy, but can you imagine being dropped in? I said this to my lady friend not too long ago. Like if you told me, I'm not trying to slag anybody's taste or what they enjoy, sure. but I'm personally, for example, not a huge fan of a lot of the DC universe yeah. stuff. And like, I just, if you'd said to me, when I walked out of a theater in 1978, right, having watched Superman, yeah, and you said to me, you know, there's going to be a time when being into comics uh, or comic related stuff is not weird, like you know, you're, you're going to mainstream, right? But also that like such a big one for me was I and my kid cannot understand this, but all the Batman I had until Justice League came on in the seventies as a TV show, all I had was the Batman like nineteen sixty six series right. that I loved, and yeah. you could watch it in reruns, and you'd have to like you know sometimes they show a full hour so you could see the two parts, but I didn't have a huge amount of Batman content in my life. But like, if you'd said to me, when I walk out of Superman, 1978, say to me, you know, in the future, you're going to have all the bat persons. There's going to be so many Batman things. There's, it's like, it's going to be like endless. You will hardly be able to keep up. And imagine that my feeling about that today is like, yeah, all right. I mean, that's cool. I got maybe, maybe someday I've got, you know, other things I'd like to watch let alone do, yeah. but like, I have not really kept up with the Marvel universe either. Like I enjoyed the two or three episodes of WandaVision that I watched, but like it, I wasn't like glued to the set. Oh no, I loved WandaVision. I thought, well, uh, I, I thought what amazing. I saw was extremely creative and like one of those, like, oh my gosh, how did this ever get made? I'm not slagging the series. What I'm trying to say is that like, if you drop somebody from another planet <laughs> into a seat and started running Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, they would be like, what make am no I sense. watching? No sense. Well, and like I consider myself, I don't know if you remember this, Dan, we've talked about comics a fair amount on here. Like mm-hmm. I, I kind of like sort of keep up with stuff, but like yeah. it's it's such a, it's not, it's not bad that it's a franchise. It's not bad that everything's a tie-in. None of that's bad. But on the other hand, it's, I want a movie like Ant-Man. 
like or like Guardians of the Galaxy or like whatever. I and want for people who haven't seen like, those, what you're saying is you want a movie that you can you you don't know who it is, what's going on. It's part one, not part fifty. You could jump in, have a right. good time watching it, and leave at the end saying that was a fun movie. And then when they come out with number two, you figure I probably have to see number one. But well, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. But it's also that like I think. I think, you know, well, I, obviously, everybody's taste is different, but I feel like you could drop a pretty normal, like, person into either go the first Guardians of the Galaxy or Ant-Man, and, like, they're both so enjoyable as a film. And, again, I, I'm not trying to be that particular guy. I never thought I would find myself almost agreeing in retrospect with Andy Anatko about the Avengers, but I think he was way ahead of us on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I like those movies because they're good. It's a good movie. Right. And it isn't just, now I'm just going to be mean. It isn't just fan service for people who think, who like spend all day like on a forum talking about continuity errors in the first Star Wars movie or whatever. It's just that like, I, 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 it started and it's like, there's the CG and they're running around and, no spoilers, but like it's Doctor Strange, and he's he's throwing his his hand stars around and dealing with. I, I guess now that's Captain America, right? That's that's the girl, the Chavez girl from a few years ago, right? You know? Oh is it, yeah, 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 yeah. So which was really enjoyable. Um, I was that was a fun comic. Um, and anyway, it's just that like I was like, this is I'm really not feeling it, and. This is the, the each of the three times I've tried to watch this godforsaken movie because it covered it on Blank Check, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And uh. for once, I was like, I, I you know I probably should see this. But anyway, it, let's move on to something that's not me in a second. I, I'm sitting there watching. And I'm like, there's 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 something that happens sometimes, especially in not just CG movies, but in even on the Boys, which is like one of my favorite TV shows. Where like I'll turn to my kid and I'll go, "Hello." I am an actor standing on a set. Are you an actor here on the set? Yes, I am here on the set. And then you get to a different shot. It's like, oh, a different shot of an actor being on a set. And all I could see was Benedict Cumberbatch doing his best to give a credulous performance as, as somebody in Atlanta standing in front of a green screen. And I just, I, I didn't feel anything about it. Yeah. But um, there's not, to be fair, there's not a lot of depth of emotion and character, deep character development in like a Marvel superhero movie. Kind of, but like, why? Why am I? Why was I so excited? Well, we talked about this a million times, but in what are I guess maybe Civil War, the yeah. first time we saw Tom Holland Spider Man, you're like, yeah. oh my god, they really nailed it. Or you know, really, yeah. like no, you're Robert, right, absolutely right. Robert Downey's performance as Iron Man, or like, if you didn't cry in the like flashback beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy, you're not hooked up right. There's there's like a, there's a huge there's a lot going on there and I don't know it's just um, I think I might maybe I've aged out or maybe I need a break but the reason I was being so uh, like whoa what are you talking about like I'm not a big like go to the movies guy these days but um, man I've seen so many movies recently that or at least a handful of movies and TV shows that are like just unbelievable I mean. Two movies and a TV show, right off the dome. And I, one of these is a suggestion I was going to make today. Obviously, everything, everywhere, all at once. I mean, I don't know what to say. Um, my friend Alex thinks that it is a movie that everyone can love. I don't think it's a movie everyone can love, but boy, if you like movies, those are the kind of movies like I like, wow, is that ever an amazing movie. Another one, did you see the... Uh, I'm, the oh God, I can never remember the title of this. It is the movie 
with and about Nicolas Cage, unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, I started that one, and and I. How far did you get? I couldn't. If you get, can say it without spoiling. No, I couldn't get more than fifteen minutes into it. My son and I were like, "What are we even watching?" Oh and we my both, god! We both checked out. I just both that checked movie, out. Well, you know, it's got Pedro Pascal, who I really, really love. Did you get up to Pedro Pascal? No, I, sounds I like not. Don't know. Well, you wouldn't know. It's Pedro Pascal. Um, but you know, the guy from uh, Game of Thrones with the sword fighting. You know, he's the guy who fights the mountain. Oh yeah. Um, I don't remember if I got to him. I'm gonna guess not. He's the guy from you know. He's I the recognize guy. him. No, I know his. I know his face. Uh, oh, and yeah, I know his yeah. acting. I just don't remember if I was the movie was like putting us off so much. I don't remember. Oh, how funny! I, I, I for me, it really worked because. In the same way that I like to watch Tropic Thunder and think about, I don't want to spoil it because Tropic Thunder is a really special movie, but like, let's just say that Robert Downey Jr., who has in the past had a lot of fun with the depths of some people's method acting, plays, Robert Downey Jr. plays an actor who fully commits to every role that he's in, like, like comically. And uh, the more that movie progresses, the more you realize how many levels are going on. Because he's a he's this you know a very Academy Award e Oscar e actor who's famous. He's a, he plays an Australian guy, which importantly with blonde hair and blue eyes, who completely commits himself to whatever he's doing. And without spoiling it, let's just say there's many layers of meta just to the movie itself. But then I, I was saying to my kid, like, do you ever really think about that on top of it all? That's all, that all of the performances, and this is why I'm trying to compare it here to Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Like, on top of all of those layers of meta, there's also a guy whose name is Robert Downey Jr. playing that. Right. It's just that in the case of the Nicolas Cage movie, it's, and he's such a good sport in this movie of making fun of himself and his performances and his foibles and his troubles. And, like, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say at, at one point a previous younger version of himself is trying to give him advice and they end up kissing. And, and it's like, it's just that I find that kind of thing very satisfying. And um, the other thing I just started on the recommendation of a lot of people, but especially the guys who do that podcast, The Watch. Have you seen The Bear on Hulu yet? The Bear. I feel no. very strongly recommending this. Why there's a look at this one. Yeah, the log line is that, you know, there's a guy in Chicago who's part of a, a family who's had a pretty significant loss in the last year. And he's a guy who used to be a very fancy high-end chef who's come back to Chicago to work in his family's banana pants like a crazy restaurant and try to save it. Hmm. And it's it's really really good and the way it's shot the music is just so tense and you would never imagine i was surprised eh, i mean i'm not surprised but i was pleased at how easily i got very engrossed in the story of the stress of a guy with money problems trying to run a restaurant and uh so yeah you might want to check that out see, if, right. see if it suits you but you did the right here's the thing dan i want to compliment you you did the right thing you well it's the right thing it's the merlin thing which <laughs> is like you you tried that movie it didn't work out for you and you knew to bounce and i think that's very wholesome i think it's wholesome to be able and i say this all the time to my kids especially when i'm recommending something weird 
You know, if someone's with a TV show, you'll be like, just do me a, you know, do me a favor and just like check this out. And mm. if you make it through the first episode and hate it, believe me, you're not going to want to watch five seasons of it. But well, I think with movies, I mean, I think people like our friend John Syracuse disagree, but like, I don't think there's any indignity in skipping it. Cause also here's the other thing. I'm not saying this is you, but for me, sometimes it's just not the right night for it. I'm just not really in the mood for something this engrossing. I'm just going to go watch, you know, some episode of community for the 11th time because that might be the greatest to come of all time. I find myself saying, you know, but you, you want to go, you're ready. So you could go see Jurassic world dominion, for example, right? That's, that's a blockbuster. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, there's a thing that I've done with my son for many, many, many years, uh -huh. ever since he was really old enough to sit through the length of a movie, maybe even before that, we would go and not every weekend, but almost at yeah. least every other weekend we would go I to the Alamo. I love things like that. The little rituals that you yes, repeat. I love exactly. that. Exactly. We would go to, we would do a Sunday kind of afternoon movie where we'd get lunch at the Alamo and eat a, eat a burger and some fries and watch a film and we did that for years. And of course, the pandemic screwed all of that up. And Ugh, the pandemic it, is probably so why we don't have the movies coming out like we did. So but many traditions we just had to walk away from. Doesn't that now. suck? Doesn't that really suck? Oh, I, I hate it. And like, I, I, I imagine my kid hates it, but I especially hate it. Because as I've said numerous times on here, one of the low-key joys of parenthood is revisiting a kind of a thing, an event, like whatever that is. An example for us is walking to our local library. It's the same thing we've always done since my kid was in a stroller. Right. It's just that it's different now every time because it's a different person going. And that's fun. That's fun to get to be there for. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we kind of lost two years of that dumb stuff of like yeah. going out to the Brazilian restaurant that mm -hmm. we like to do like once or twice a year or, mm -hmm. you know, just all the, all the dumb stuff of like, we're going to walk here and get a soft serve or whatever. It sucks. And for, and for you, that's, you like to, you, you go yeah, to the movies. You probably got rituals inside you know, of rituals. Like the compromise is, okay, you know, like that's fine. We'll do other, we'll watch movies at home or, you know, there's no movies coming out. We'll, we'll watch other things. But here's the thing, like, you know how the, um, the, there's that top 100 movies of all time list that is put out by the AFI, which is American Film Institute. Oh yeah, right, right, right. I'll, I'll put that into the show notes because people uh -huh. might have fun looking at that. Um, and, uh, and so you know, the, there's this, there's a list view and there's an expanded view and you can just kind of scroll through it. And I, we were doing this the other day as we were trying to think of like, what should we watch next? And I have shown him so many of these movies. Like there are a lot of movies on this list that I, I know because I know my son very, very well uh -huh. that he's not just not going to connect with. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, mm. um, All Quiet on the Western Front, which is number 54 from, the ni from 1930. Mm -hmm. It's not that that's not a fantastic film. It is. It's a film that was incredibly was pretty, important. Pretty intense. World and War intense. One movie, yeah. But like the fact that it looks the way it does and that the acting is the way that it is, it's something I know he'll appreciate when he's older, but right yeah. now, yeah, yeah, the yeah. ability to connect with that as, as far as saying this was an important movie and here's how this affected cinema and et cetera. Like he would appreciate that, but he's not going to want to sit down and watch like a two hour movie from 1930. No, 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 no. My, my kid, I mean like it's, it's, we are on the one hand, like the things have never been better with me and my kid. Like we just, we had such a nice day, such a nice morning today. Nice. You know, we got, well, I, I couldn't sleep. So I had an early morning bike ride, and then we hung out and we watched community and had breakfast and it was just really nice. So that stuff is great. But like, I, I am at the apex of, I cannot get this goddamn kid to try 
a new amazing thing. Well, let me ask you this. In the Nick Cage movie, and this is not a spoiler, did you get to the point where he and his daughter are with the shrink? Uh, no. Oh, you would know it. Well, there's an amazing scene because Nicolas Cage, who plays himself in this movie, mm -hmm. there's a great, a wonderful scene where he's sitting and then talking to like a therapist about his life and da 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 da. And he says, well, and you know, he's very self involved. And the therapist finally says something like, well, how do you, how do you think that this is, you know, affects your relationship with your daughter? And they, they, cut to his daughter sitting on the couch a few feet away and his teenage daughter and she's like uh no i do not want to be involved in this and then one of my favorite lines in the movie she's like the therapist is like oh well, tell me about it it's like she's like well of course his anxiety about his career is like all as everything that's all everything is and he re he just made me watch some terrible old movie and she says to him, what's, what's it called? The Island of Dr. Calamari? Uh -huh. And he goes, the, the cabinet of Ca Dr. Caligari. And it's, it's you know, and, and he, but like, she's like, yeah, well, like, basically it's him lecturing me for two hours. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, oh no, that's me. I do that. <laughs> I make my kid watch the island of Dr. Calamari all the time. I like, I'm like, no, no, seriously, 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 sit down. You know, it's like trying to woo a woman by making them listen to the hi hat on Peg. It's just, you're not. It's not going to happen. Is you that what really you're... listen to Steely Dan? I mean, like, really? Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Well, okay, so what do we got in theaters right now? My kid did go to see Jurassic Park Dominion, which was a funny backdoor way to get this. Finally, watch. The 1993 movie Jurassic Park, which I think is was great, is great, yeah, and it's almost unparalleled in how much it still really works. The story's good, the That's effects are good. It's got it's got Jeff Goldblum for God's sakes, and you know, and so we watched that, and then it's it's kind of all downhill from there. I mean, not I mean the second one's okay, but like by the time you get, we bought the multi movie package, and like by the time you get to the 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 Jurassic Park movie before Dominion, I guess the second in that trilogy. It's like what what am I yeah. watching? What was what that? Is what is this? What was that? What else? What else you got for blockbusters? You got any other good ones? Well, see the thing is like like we'll take Top Gun for example, the new Top Gun film. Um, I'm gonna be the weirdo. Oh yeah, I heard that's I heard that's better than everybody expected. Well, I'm I'm gonna be the weirdo and say I, I was never that into the first Top Gun. I saw it. It was a movie that I saw in the 80s it's that very I liked. 1986. I I watched it. Mm -hmm. And then I moved on and I haven't really thought about it since. And then they came out with a sequel and I saw the original like trailers and stuff. I'm like, oh, this, this could be really cool. This could be interesting. Neat. But I just, there's no motivation for me to rewatch the old one or to show it to my kid and no motivation to like go to the movies to see that. And I don't know why. I don't know why I don't care about it. It's like I, I, but I you probably have a little don't voice. Care. You probably have a little voice. Because we all have a little voice. Sometimes about something where we're like, mm, you know, like the devil and the angel on your shoulder, you're not sure what to do. I do think there's sometimes a little voice that is m making you drag your feet on something a little bit because your brain's trying to tell you something. Yeah. And when they're little, most of the time, that's because, well, like like, like we say, like either it's not appropriate for mm. some a kid that age, or to your point, I think also, it's just, it's not, like my kid's still in some ways not really ready for the big Lebowski. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, and I'm not, I mean, how do I explain? Or should I explain? I'm a dad. I dad explain title. Um, but like, oh, you know, this is happening then in the Gulf War and across this line. And like, but like, I'm explaining all this stuff that's like, oh, just so you get this reference. Well, I mean, 
you know, is that really going to work? But no, I think you're right. I think sometimes you have to go like, well, maybe it's not the right day for this, but also maybe we're just not really there yet. And like, some, you know, I don't, I need to, of all the ways I am trying to evolve and get better as a person, mm-hmm. one thing I know I need to work on that I have not is that, and Syracuse and I talked about this recently, I still have this idea that has been around since my kid has been around, which is like my kid will have good taste. If my kid ends up drifting into crap, that's fine. Like if, if a three-year-old kid likes Chuggington, I'm not going to slap it out of the kid's hand. You know, and that show's sweet in a way. You know, now Caillou, you literally don't want to get me started on Caillou. No. It models terrible behavior. And that guy next door is obviously a creep. <laughs> Come on, Canada, wake up. <laughs> Look what's happening right under your nose. It basically teaches a child. It's basically, you know, PBS used to be like where b- people go to learn English. Caillou is where you go to learn to be insufferable. Oh, no. You ever seen Caillou? Yes. Uh, but, but, but I need to get away from that. Get away from it. It's like I say in the document, you know, your children, kids are not little versions of you. They're little versions of themselves. And they have every, every right in the world to develop their own taste. And it's, it's, it is we who need to get on board with, with what they like. Instead of thinking that we can like jerk their chain hard enough that they're going to want to spend a week watching Criterion movies. Oh boy, does that ever not go over? Yeah, black and white to begin with. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to do that. They don't. I'm trying to explain. Okay, this movie is in Italian. It's, It's in Italian, and this is about a director who's having a difficult time making his ninth movie, and it's called Eight and a Half. And, uh, and uh, actually, never mind. Where, where are you going? Where are you going? Can you come back? Where are you going? No interest. No interest. Mm-hmm. You know? I see that no, that's, I that, that, that's Anna Karina right there. Not Anna Karina. No, that's a whole different track. And then, <laughs> but, but then over here, you got Claudia Cardinal, you know, and it's one of the great movies. It's a, it's a little bit misogynistic, but that was the style at the time. Anyways, I don't know. So what, let's, I'm going to go look right now. What movies are showing in theaters? And then we should talk about something important. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to our local. How close are you to? Well, without you know compromising your upset. No, How close are you that. to a theater? Is a place People you want to come you, to my you, house? They just tell them yeah. to bring their their cider. We can hang out. Bring their cider. Okay, that's um, cool. Top Gun Maverick. Oh, Lightyear I'm, showing. I'm really I didn't close. Know that. I'm really Lightyear. close to the Alamo. <gasps> oh my god! Not walking um, distance, but close. I understand. Um, well, everything's bigger in Texas. Uh, except for the civil rights. Um, Top Gun Maverick, Lightyear, which I bet is charming, but I'm a little upset by the way he looks. Oh, what what about it? Well, they're trying to make him look like a person because he's a person, right? Yeah, I have some continuity questions about this. Um, oh, good. My, my assumption... So this... So first of all, we have a movie called Toy Story that came out, I don't know, three, 400 years ago. Yep, 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 400 years ago, 1995. And in the in this movie, there is a character, uh, Buzz Lightyear, who's a toy. And Literally. you assume that the toy is based off of a movie or, or something like that. Oh, I see where you're walking with this. And yeah. so my question, I've, I did come up with an answer, though. Wait, so that's just the story is that the toy is based on a real astronaut? He's either based on a real astronaut mm. or he's based on a, a character in a movie. And we don't okay. know which. That's never really explained uh, in the Toy know, Story man. continuity. So now we have... We know that he's, as opposed he's based to on Andy. Something. And Andy, I think, canonically, at least on fandom.com or whatever, belonged to Andy's dad, his late, late or missing or divorced or something father that we never talk about. Mm-hmm. 
but like uh, not uh, so, so i'm sorry what did i say um woody, woody. is who you yeah, meant yeah yeah, yeah. What, what did i say buzz you woody, said andy but andy Andy's is the boy. boy yes andy's the boy andy's the boy woody's the cowboy toy and, and andy then buzz lightyear is the 30 new toy. now he would now be 30 oh nice we couldn't ask him if because uh you know he's he's moved on but mm-hmm. the question that i had originally was well if buzz lightyear is a toy in that movie he's based on either a real astronaut or a movie or a cartoon or something else. That's what yeah. toys generally come from. So, you know, fine. But then this new movie that comes out, it obviously takes place in the future because it's they've got rocket ships and they're going to other planets. And I, as far as I know, we're not doing that yet. As far as we're told by our government, we're not mm. in spaceships. Oh, at least what they think you're ready to hear. At least what they think we're ready to hear. Uh-huh, sure. So... Obviously, this is either a separate universe. They've just taken a character and created another universe in which Buzz Lightyear is a person and this is a movie about the person. Or I finally came up with a theory that allows me to tolerate the existence of this movie. Oh, spill it. And here's my theory. Hmm. The Buzz Lightyear movie that we are now seeing already existed in the Toy Story world. And that is the movie that the toy is based on that Andy has. Okay. Okay. That's the only okay. way I can abide this damn movie existing. Yeah, I don't know. Very meta, but that's the only explanation. I love meta. Meta's, meta's, uh, meta's my jam. But again, like, do I, I don't want to, like, there's nothing about that movie that makes me want to go see it. Nothing about it. I can't, I yeah, can't. I mean, no shade, no lemonade, but I feel the same way. I mean, I don't know. I, I, again, I mean, it's, I, this is not meant as a, like, you have bad taste if you like things. No, that's <laughs> not it. And, like, I never thought I would. I didn't get into the, I think I told you. I, I, I must have seen Toy Story at some point. But we did not become a Toy Story family until, this. I can tell you, the summer of 2010 when Toy, Toy Story 3 came out. And that became, like, those three movies were, like, you know, I, I first of all, I didn't realize how good Toy Story Two is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Owl's Toy Barn with Newman, <laughs> and Newman, Newman also in Jurassic Park. He was he was a big character actor in the nineties. You know what I'm saying? They always got to get in the Barbasol. If you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, Wayne Knight, that guy's great. But um, but like again, like you, your brain breaks a little bit when you have a stupid baby, and like you know things that delight a child become something that you can delight in also. It's why, for example, I couldn't wait till my kid was old enough to go to like a theme park. Because mm. I loved, well, once I was over being scared of the Haunted Mansion. But like, you know, we went, the first thing we went to was Legoland. Um, and it was so fun. And the kid had exactly the reaction I'd hoped. Apart from like being terrified to ride any ride. But like the spectacle of that experience and all the bright, shiny colors and like sugary drinks and everything. Like it's really fun. And like, I think you get a contact high off that mm-hmm. and you'll find yourself watching Chuggington because you know how happy it makes your kid. My kid just watched this, this the show that the show that's like the one, the Pacific Rim lifted the Evangelion show. Like we just watched like, I, 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 never, I don't make a point of watching Neon Genesis Evangelion. Is that the name of the show? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Now, I, I, I will admit, I've only seen a little bit of that. It I seems know that's good, like a, but I, I said today, is this, is this the third time I've seen this particular episode? And uh, kids like, yeah, 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 like this is my, I really like this one episode. So you know that continues. You continue to like have that kind of, but like in like Community, Jesus, the the pillow fort versus blanket fort episode that's based on Ken Burns' The Civil War. I mean, that show is 
I really slept on it. As they say, I had no idea. And now it's absolutely one of my all-time favorite shows. And we'll just watch five episodes of Community some nights. It's really, really extremely good. I had no idea. And maybe partly because I was unprepared. My, my bar was low. I was like, oh, I think I know what this show is before I watched it. And it's like, you're, nobody's ready for Troy and Abed. Oh, my God. Troy and Abed in the morning. And then Betty White does a rap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yeah, must, that's, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Okay, so, for example, the movie Top Gun Maverick is showing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and they got standard in 4DX. Is 4DX the thing that makes your chair shake? I don't, I, I think it is. I've never been, I've never seen that. I mean, I've never it, done one of those. I mean, this is, you know, this is, there's a long history starting at least, well, so you got, you got color movies kind of hit the main, you got, sound hits the mainstream in like 29, as we know from the aviator. Right. Um, and then, um, <laughs> we're going to redo the whole movie in oh color. Oh my God. And with how sound many again. How many cameras do you have? And luckily, you don't, you don't that's one of my favorite movies. Oh, you know what I didn't tell you? I made a whole new special setting on my TV just so we can watch the aviator in black and white. Really? So, so the the the, color, the upsetting colors don't upset me. Oh, you don't like the sort of strange and oversaturated mm. aspects of the movie that are supposed to define the different time periods and emotional states yes, of the primary characters. Yes, I think it's Howard. The way Howard remembers it is probably what it means. Yeah, it is a memory that is colored by his mm. experience and um, emotion. You, a, I don't like that black soap. I really don't like it. Oh, I, I kind of want it. I kind of want it. I kind of want. No, it, you want one. It's coming a little tin. Do, yeah, can I send? Can I send you one as a little gift, a friendly do you know gift? About, do you know about the cholera? <laughs> I, I do know about the cholera. <laughs> the colored neighborhoods. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, but uh, but uh, what was my point? We're talking about. Oh boy, I threw myself off. Uh, shoot. Oh oh oh. So so you got color comes along. Thir Thirty nine. I think of at least in my head. You get the Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind and stuff like that. But then the story goes anyway that in the fifties. There was this feeling as the studio system, the very beginnings of the studio system, like starting to crumble. And like, I, there, maybe that's around the time. Remember the antitrust suits that like studios couldn't own the theaters anymore, like mm -hmm. they always had. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they really felt like television was eaten off their plate because mm -hmm. television was the new hotness and that's what people liked. And so what? You had more, you saw more stuff, more, more, if you like, innovations, like setting aside content for a second, like, yeah, the monster movies, a lot of that stuff comes out of nuclear war, it is said. But the, um, but like, uh, you get the, you know, all these wackadoo, like 3D movies with the red and blue. You get all the new formats where, like, hey, this is an experience you can't have at home. It's like, you have to come if you want to see this in Cinemascope or in Technicolor or any of these things. Like, you've got to go to a theater. So, like, even in the 50s, they were like really trying to find something to differentiate what it means to go to the movies. And then kind of sporadically over time, I think mm -hmm. that's continued through through 3D. But the shaking chair, I mean, is it going to be like the alien encounter at Disney? Yeah, I, think, I think it's an approximation of that. It's it's like a giant version of force feedback in your um, PlayStation controller. It's, you know, you, they, because oh, it's not, rumble, it's not enough. Rumble, they call it rumble. Rumble. Yeah. It's not yeah. enough that, you know, that maybe you're... <laughs> You know, supposed to be a little surprised when the character also slams write a good the movie door. Would but, be another thing. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah. by the way, before we go on, I put this into the into mm -hmm. the show notes for people who are interested. It's the Packers Pine Tar Soap Three Pack, the original men's bar soap with natural pine tar and pine Ooh. oils, all natural pine soap bar with no harsh chemicals, three <gasps> bar pack. Oh, I sound like that could put a hurting on a boy. It does not come with the tin. Hmm. 
but this is the same soap that he used in the film and apparently in real life. I don't know where you can get it with the tin other than Etsy. Okay. I'm not buying a, a and, and then, he, then he, went, he made all that money with drill bits. Drill bits, tools. No Use tools. Well, mortgage, wait, no, what's mortgage the joke? everything. What's the what's the joke with uh, Louis V. Mayer where he keeps saying the wrong thing? Where oh, he says, uh, all that money with drill bits, and yeah. he says, "Yeah, yeah. oh shoot, I'm, I'm forgetting the bit." I forget the line too. It's a lot of cameras. Show me all the cameras. Uh, I don't <clears> know <throat> if I want my seat to shake. That might make me. You know, I want it. Here's two. the thing. I want to set it up. Where I put you, you just sit. I would have you sitting on like a kitchen chair. Oh, you would have a bespoke 4DX. I the will shake for your chair. I shake your chair. Oh, Ooh, I see what like you're that. saying. You have a straw. Just behind you. Well, yeah, you better, I have a straw. I see a look, bowling look, pin. Look, look. Here's a straw. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about this scene. Just watched it again. Yesterday. I just watched the movie again with my son again. I, I talked about that scene literally it's yesterday perfect. with Roderick. It's perfect. It's yeah, a perfect yeah, because like now we are all gay bones for Paul Dano because of Little Miss Sunshine, <laughs> which everybody should watch again, no matter what, because it's even better than you uh -huh. He's great. He's Dwayne, you know, mm -hmm. Dwayne. And it's got Olive, and all she wants is the ice cream, and then they're mean to her and give her an eating disorder. Uh -huh. It's terrible. Uh -huh. <laughs> Where did you learn this? My grandpa taught it to me. Where's your grandpa? In the trunk of our car. It's such a good movie. It's a good one. That's a good movie. Well, I would love that. I would come to the Four Dan X and get my chair shaken. Shake. I would shake the hell out of your chair. Yeah, like a Polaroid picture. Hmm. Huh. Mm -hmm. um, we're having a bye week for sponsors, right? Bye week on the sponsors. And it's, you know. I've got a couple little things. There's an app I want to mention. Um, oh, you know a funny thing? Just This is really just in passing. I forgot that it's the discussion of this kind of started here? Like, was it last week where I said, I wish there was some way I could be on my bike and say something to Siri and it writes it down? Did I say that here? I feel like I did. I don't remember. Oh. Well, it's just interesting because, like, that's the challenge this week on Do By Friday is to, like, basically try and find somebody else to make what I want for me. Um, but uh, I'll be reporting back on that. But, you know, this is where a lot of stuff starts. It's like drafts. Um, and, like, you know, there'll be some little seed of an idea that's, you know... Let's be honest, Re really just very orthogonal to the idea of productivity or whatever. But I want to talk about this app I just discovered for, uh, what do you call it, tracking and personal quantization. Mm -hmm. I want to just do a quick gloss on a couple apps that, that I think are interesting. I would, like, I would like that. And what else did I write down? I have one other thing. Oh, you know what I want to talk about? Um, you know, this can, be, this can be a shorty, right? And then I can go back to watching my TV and be, oh, it looks like it's over. Darn it. Um, I want to watch my TV and be stressed out more. Um, but, oh, and I have, um, I have an app recommendation too. Oh, well, that would be terrific. I'll um, just throw it in at the end of yours. Oh, no. No, no. Um, well, let's come back to that because then that'll be a movable feast. Hmm. Um, I wanted to mention something you sent me that I have not looked at in detail yet, but looks really useful. It's got a cuss in the name. Oh, I so, like that already. Well, you know what you sent me. You know what you did. Uh, it's got a cuss. Big boy. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. In, instead of the S word for excrement, uh -huh. um, you sent me to something. See, but the thing is, it's right, it's right in the URL, so I don't know. But you, you sent me an, uh, let's just call it, oh, poop, get. Mm. Oh. Oh, poop, get. Yeah. We can I mean, put that in the, the show notes, I suppose. I know, well, but like, you don't, you want this to be something where a kid could be listening in their room and the oh, parents come in and are concerned. I don't care. That's it's called Oh time. Shit Get. Yeah. And you sent this to me. Uh, how did you discover this? I think I saw it on Hacker News. Mm -hmm. 
I think it was on Hacker News. And this just and as soon as I saw this it, to was, our audience. So it there is ah, some wait, hang on, Dan. Breaking news. Uh dang it git will also work. So we just oh, curse for no at, reason. Look at that without the swears. See, that's smart. That's really smart. They are you, very they're friendly. probably using HD access or something. something. Dang it git. Dang yeah. it git. That's actually also very clever. Yeah, it is. Well, basically, you you were getting into the whole Git thing, and mm-hmm. you were doing things with Git Tower. I started a and, new repo just yesterday. There you go. Sunday, I, Sunday. And I love mm-hmm. Git, and Git is an amazing tool, and you can also use it with GitHub or other services or even your own hosted Git. But basically, for people they who don't know. clients for um, Synology. Yeah, everything. Everything exists uh, in the world of Git, and Git is wonderful. Git is a really cool version control system that does a whole lot of things. But what that basically means is if you have files of any kind, what you can do is you can edit those files and make changes. And using Git, you can essentially make many, many, many different versions of those files. Now, Would you call doing, it source, source code management? Yeah. Uh, now, the problem is if you're doing it with something like a Photoshop file, it's just basically making a new copy of that file. But if you're doing it with something that is essentially text, whether that's mm-hmm. source code or something that you've written in a, te- a plain text editor, it's wonderful for those kinds of things because it, it's, it's in a way, it's a lot like, oh, and by the way, I used, I used Time Machine on macOS for the very first time the other day. Oh boy. But Talk about um, a crap shoot. <laughs> it's it's almost like a, the concept of time machine that you control so you can say I've just right. made changes. I want to commit these changes and, and then and I want to push them. Very useful when you're working with a team, yes. Yeah, I mean that's really what it's designed for, but it works just great even if you're uh, working on your own because it allows you to push those different versions back up to the server where they are secure, they're saved. It's like making a different backup of something, but it's really nice if you have more than one computer. Maybe you have a laptop and a desktop. And the desktop. Yeah, I'm just work. using it to be, to like to be able to share with people publicly. Right. And again, just text files. It's just .md files are all I do. But yeah, it's it's so neat, and the, there's so many different apps for doing Git stuff. Yeah, and, or just command line, which is mainly what I do. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. And I I have never found a tool that I felt saved me any time because I've been typing Git commands for 3,000 years. So mm-hmm. for me, just typing them on the command line, I've got little aliases set up in the shell. Like there's really fast. I don't need to go to another tool. I don't even use the VS Code integration for Git very much because Whoa. it's like I have to like click and type instead of just I've always got a terminal open. I can just type in there. But I'm weird. But still, right, even right. even me, even me, I mm-hmm. still forget stuff constantly. But about you mentioned Photoshop commands. a minute ago, and that's always my go-to example for something where not all commands are created equal. Yeah. Another example, I mean, if you are a, a geek, like in Bash, like you're going you're gonna to be using CD and LS. Yeah. And there's, there's just a handful of commands you're going to be using so often mm-hmm. more than my favorite banner. Where like it makes makes it like, like a banner out of text. It's so fun, right? But like you know, it, you don't don't assume that like you're going to need to know posterize as much as you need to know unsharp mask. But with if Git with Git being in your fingers like that, I bet there's relatively obscure either commands or like for lack of I don't know the language, but attributes like for stuff you didn't know you can do or stuff you forgot you can do. That seems to be what this thing's really saying is like here's a way to get your bacon out of the fire if you screw up with Git. It does a lot of, it. it is like a wonderful collection of all the stuff that, oh crap, I just screwed up. 
whether it's like, oh man, I, co- I committed the wrong branch or I just merged and I didn't mean to merge or, you know, all of these things that happen, but they don't happen a lot. Like how mm-hmm. often did I, I've needed to undo a merge maybe once in the last month. So I forget how to do it, but they're going to, they're going to help you with that. Or I need to undo changes I made to some file. How yeah, do I do it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, like it's the first one, um, the reflag one sounds great. What was the one? Oh yeah, like I want to learn this one. I committed and immediately realized I need to make one small change. Like I know that the, I'm kind of trying. I'm working at cross purposes of what this is and what it's for. But given that I'm doing, let's be honest, a kind of public performance with this, I'm uh-huh. publishing. I'm using this to publish, and I know that's not what Git is for, but that's what I'm using GitHub for, which is like, you, you can go look at my document here. And like, it drives me crazy when I find a typo. And can you squ- squashing? Is that one of them? What's it called? Or smashing? Isn't there, one, yeah. isn't there one where you can like collapse a bunch of commits into one thing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But like, I don't remember how to do that off the top of my head. Right. Who does? Who knows? Yeah. I, I like the VS. I don't know. It's just neat to me. It's just, again, another example I'm always using of like how my brain works is I love the fact that now the calendar sync is mostly a solved problem. I can use any calendar app that I want, just hook it up with the service. And like, you know, it, it's very unusual these days to, to have, unlike say the back to my Mac days, like, you know, where your contacts get duplicated or quadruplicated or, or you get, you know, you get, the, you get these bananas problems like, um, oh God, who was it? It was Jason. Oh yeah. Every time it synced, Jason Santa Maria would get an extra Santa. <laughs> and I could tell, and there was multiple, multiple <laughs> copies. And finally I had Jason Santa, 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 Santa Maria. Um, it was like, how did that happen? I don't know. I didn't understand how syncing worked when it worked. Right. I certainly don't understand how it didn't work when it didn't work. So, right. But like now, but the same way here, we're like, if I'm, I just, I'm, all, I don't know. I'm just really delighted by VS Code. I, I yesterday, I just was kind of clicking around and looking at all the things down in that, I don't know what you call it, but the little bar at the bottom where like you can keep your preferences synced. And it's just, I love the fact that, you know, I've got, I really like the GitHub desktop client it works great and it works with the stuff that i like to use you know but um i I gotta learn some of these now now of these just to give an example to the folks out there geek or not like what's what's one of these use found in here are there any where you were like i didn't know you could do that i mean i'm trying to remember if uh if there is one that i accidentally committed to the wrong branch I still don't really understand well, stashing. One, one thing that I definitely have done that I do probably a lot, I am the worst about good commit messages because sometimes I just want to, you know, like, yeah. especially if you're like in a hurry, you want to just deploy a fix. I mean, I, I, for, for somebody like me for, as an outsider, it feels like needing to add a comment when you save a file. I know that's not, that's wrong. Again, I'm working at cross purposes, but on my Mac. That's right. I actually think that's right. I just want to get the thing up. Like I made a change, go up. Like, and so I frequent, my comment is frequently bonk. Uh-huh. Yeah, and but you know, that's fine for you. That's fine for like mine. You want to know like what on a team. You want to know teams. what my worst one is is WIP, work in progress. And it uh-huh. like 80% of my commits are work in progress. Final and final final. That te- yeah, and that, that tells people absolutely nothing. So there's a way to amend that and it's like dash dash amend or something and I always forget that. But the biggest thing for me is like Oh no, I, I just pushed, I merged the wrong branch. I pushed the wrong branch. I have to revert it back. That kind of thing. 
Uh, but I use Git for everything, like anything that's a text file, like all of the dot files that I use to configure the different um, environment parameters uh -huh. for the shell. Like those are all the, I have a dot files repo so that I can make little changes. I have like a ZSH, um, a customized ZSH configuration that goes with it. Like all of those little things so that whenever I get onto ZSH a computer, are you, is that your shell? I, I did not want to change. I resisted it for an incredibly long amount of time until okay. I finally just rolled up my sleeves and learned how to customize the, the Z shell uh, environment and and write my own like profile for it and I, that took me you know I'm like fine this is gonna take me three hours and I just said yeah. fine I'll do it I don't want to do it but I'll do it and I did it and it, now it's fine and I can use Z shell on all the Macs and that's okay fine. cool but I was that, resisting that's the one it. that's now the default it is the default and it's interesting the, the reason that I heard that it was the default uh, is not because it's better but because apparently the Bash shell changed its at oh, some license? point it changed its license in oh, a way that made it difficult or prohibitive for apple sure. to include it so they said well the z shell has the old li uh, better license and it's basically the same and how many mac users even use the shell and they can always install the new bash using brew it's if they want really easy to change it is easy to change have you so. seen fish um i was doing something that required where there was some script that was in fish and so i had to like just I really quickly seen that one yeah i'm yeah, Googling I mean, that. It's, it's, i have seen I, it it might I'll see if I can find it for notes, but like it's it's a you know it's it's basically um, it's it's what's the word I'm looking for a command line interface? What do you call what do you call Bash? What is that called? A shell. Yeah, so it's a shell that is basically it's very similar to Bash, but like it's kind of simplified. Mm -hmm. It's for people who like want to do stuff with like a lot of this Bash stuff you can do, and again, all this stuff is clicks and buzzes to me, but. Um, but yeah, I I I, uh, I played with this a lot, the whole like CLI kind of thing, and making my profiles and my my dot bash versus my dot bash RC and all that kind of stuff. And I I kind of abandoned it for a decade. But mm -hmm. but what you're describing there, the stuff with the the profile well, profile, right? Like yeah. where you can like put your paths and yeah. your your little abbreviations. It's so freaking powerful. And you know, here's here's something for the kids out there. I first learned this from a friend of the show, Jeff Veen, which is like to watch Jeff use this. It's just crazy because he came up in Bash or whatever MVI. Like he's just really really fast at that stuff. But but and I was like, why don't you, you have a Mac, man? Like why are you doing all that? And if memory serves, the way he showed it was like, well, let's say I've got these ten files on the desktop. And I'm trying to remember, I guess this is configurable, but he's over here in the terminal. Over there is the GUI for the finder. Mm -hmm. And um, God, there used to, what's, what's the command? Is it, it's not CD period. What's the one that, sh isn't there one on, that opens it on the Mac window that's associated with that? I forget. But anyway, just showing how basically, okay, let's say you got a bunch of, some, there's some stuff that is kind of faster to do in bash or whatever your shell of, of choices and mm -hmm. i just think it's so neat that like it was not obvious it was not obvious to me whatever 15 years ago <laughs> oh jesus no tw 19 years ago no yeah i was working with him in 2003 <gasps> ah, i don't like it but you could drag a bunch of files onto the window and then do stuff to it so you could say like you know like zip, I guess, would be one or, or whatever. And you can just drag a bunch of files from the finder into the terminal. And like it'll it'll act upon, you know, whatever command you've started typing. I mean, stuff like that is really powerful. The Mac wouldn't be the Mac if it hadn't had the basis in a Unix-like system. Right. I mean, so many really smart geeks got into Macs because they could have 
a cool computer, but they didn't have to leave. They wouldn't have to use Sigwin or whatever to, to isn't that what it's called? That, like, well, yeah. So, yep. But they could do it in like, uh, was it, uh, whatever. I, I'm going to stop saying words I don't understand. Hey, you're doing good. I'm speaking phonetically. I'm basically like ABBA at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. saying what they told me in English. Um, powerful, powerful stuff. Oh, I'll find fish, fish shell. Fishy, fishy, fishshell.com. A command line shell for the 90s. <laughs> Fish wow. is a smart and user-friendly command line shell for Linux, uh, Mac OS, and the rest of the family. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. You ever, you ever use, uh, not Vim, but yeah, Vim for Mac? Did you ever, like, it's really, you ever use that? Where, like, like the application of yeah, Vim? Yeah, yeah, or it's the... a Mac app that's... Oh, I haven't used that. Hmm, yeah. I guess you got to commit one way or another. You know, you can't keep your balls in two different pants. Hello. I literally just made that up, and I think it's pretty good. It's good. You can use that in your wisdom uh, document. Don't make fun of me. I try okay, really I have hard. one more question I have to ask you. This is disturbing yes. me. Okay. So in The Big Lebowski, uh-huh. there is a scene where the landlord, whose name I have just forgotten. Is it Randy? I think it is Randy. Is giving. He finally found a place where he can do a cycle. He is doing his performance, the what have you. And this is the scene where, uh, where the dude is watching with uh, Donnie and Walter rolls in and you says, over there by we'll the brace, burger? Yeah, we'll brace the kid, should be a pushover. <laughs> the movements that the landlord does. Yeah, with his arms, his arms straight out and all that. And, and, and that sort of scene, although it's different and the music is different, I feel like this is somehow the metaphysical cousin to the performance that the Asian girl gives in Donnie Darko during the talent show. Oh. And I feel as if I'm, my son and I were both watching this. And as we're watching, because we just re rewatching Donnie Darko, the director's cut again. Yeah, yeah. And as we're doing I, I need it, to rewatch. I got, I got the scene. director's cut, but I haven't watched it. Well, it's I'm in the regular of, cut too. I, I well, just, no, no, I, just to say that I was, this is another one, yet one of the many, many movies that I was utterly unpersuasive in getting my kid to watch. <laughs> But um, I got to rewatch that. I don't remember that scene. I always remember, sometimes I doubt your commitment to sparkle motion. Yes. And now she is also in Little Miss Sunshine. When they get yes. to the Little Miss Sunshine and they're closing down like the registration, that's, that's, the, that's the sparkle motion woman. That is her. Okay. And so I, Now uh, I got to watch it because well, I got to be able to, to compare and contrast. I don't feel like it was intentional, but I feel like these like somehow there's a connection and I can't put my finger on it. Okay. And also if you do rewatch Donnie Darko, I would like an explanation of who you think there is. And I'm, I'm going to use a, because this is what I think he's credited as in the, in well in the credits, but there is a, um, Mm -hmm. a large, well, I'll use the word large. There's a large man wearing yeah. sunglasses, smoking a cigarette, and usually depicted in like a uh, an orange jumpsuit who is watching Donnie Darko throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Who is he? And what is his significance? And we can revisit this on a future show. Have you seen Synecdoche in New York? Yes, but just so long. I saw it in the theater when it came out. And we've talked, we did a whole episode where no, you talked about it. It's one of my favorite movies. It's one of my absolute favorite movies. Um. Yeah, there's a mysterious guy in that. You do eventually figure out who the mysterious guy is in that one. I like a mysterious guy. I do too. Egg MacGuffin. I love the word MacGuffin. What a uh-huh. great word. What was I watching when there was a big MacGuffin? Big MacGuffin, like supersized. 
I love MacGuffin. You know, um, that, that has been credited to Alfred Hitchcock. And I, I don't know if that's true, but, you know, the, the most famous MacGuffin originally was the Maltese Falcon. So there's a novel called The Maltese Falcon, and that's a movie called The Maltese Falcon. And, like, it seems like it's a movie about the Maltese Falcon, but it's not really about the Maltese Falcon. Would you say it's a MacGuffin? It's a MacGuffin. Uh -oh. And the MacGuffin is the thing that propels the story and seems like what the movie or the play or the book is about, uh -huh. but ultimately, like, is not. Not and then once once you know that term, you start like, I feel kind of like seeing it everywhere. Can I, can I tell you my favorite Alfred Hitchcock quote though? Go ahead, caller. Thank you. For a first time Hitchcocker, Hitchcockman, hmm. Hitchcock blocker. I'm a shocker when I wear my Hitchcock blockers. <laughs> That's a good um, one. Thank you. Um, and so, so so, I don't know how this happened, but basically he had been quoted. In the media, uh, at some point in, in the in the press, as you say, as saying that actors actors are cattle, or actors are yeah. like cattle, mm -hmm. and then the story. I, I don't. I've never seen him actually. I've never seen like you know film of him saying this. But supposedly, one time somebody said to him, "Is it true that you believe that actors are cattle?" He said, "No, I don't believe that actors are cattle. I believe that they should be treated like cattle." <laughs> wow. Isn't that great? That's a good one. He was a pretty smart guy. He's a pretty smart guy. Yeah, he and his wife loved each other. I think that's so nice. Did they? Well, you know, the, the human heart, it wants what it wants. And that's sometimes true. it just wants an egg MacGuffin. I'll just put that right there. Oh, God, I'm tired. I got up too early. Um, okay, so we, we, we've, we've done almost enough. And then if I talk a little bit about this app that interests me, that'll be okay, right? Yeah. Okay, I want to make sure you feel like you got your money's worth here. You know I, what I'm saying? Like I, I mean, I've, I want the <sighs> listeners to get their money's worth. Uh, excuse me. Oh, God. With your Cockamamie app, I can't tell how long we've been recording. Oh, we have been recording for 53 minutes, 40 seconds. Oh, crimey Pete. We can stop right here. Okay, so I'm going to mention this. Um, so um, just super like prequel to the prequel is that I have for some time had an interest in elements of what some people call self-quantization or tracking, mm. you know, um, which used to be like a pretty odd thing where you'd like do the hacker's diet and write down your weight every day or whatever. But like, you know, obviously over time, for better or for worse, I'm not talking about like Facebook stuff. Let's right talk now. about something important. Okay. And I feel like, so when you're tracking, what are we talking about? Well, you know, <laughs> what are we talking about? Patel. <laughs> I just like talking to salesmen. Um, <laughs> anyway, Grace. The uh, but now today, um, you know, with the Apple sphere, there's a lot of neat stuff. I will highlight the one that is most relevant here, which is Apple Health, an end-to-end -end encrypted way of of just environmental stuff that you do in your life mostly, just getting snatched up. There's ways to in various ways. There's manual ways to add things to Apple Health, but Apple Health, part of what makes it so special to me is that it's just real good about detecting stuff and then writing it down and you don't need to do anything with it until you want to do something with it, mm -hmm. right? And in my case, like I, because we're, one thing my shrink's trying to help me with is sleep stuff. And so he's the one who encouraged me, God, before COVID, encouraged me to get a blood oximeter and wear it at night just to see, you know, 
like, am I, do I have, might I have apnea, blah, 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 all that mm. kind of stuff. How is my mm-hmm. anxiety affecting this? But let's just start with the most basic level, which is like, let's say, in my case, I've got a smart scale. It's not that smart. It needs to be like reattached all the time. But I have a scale that when you step on it, it tells you what you weigh, which is fine. It also tells you stuff like it's estimating. If you step on it in bare feet, it like uh, estimates your percent fat, percent water, percent muscle, um, uh, weight in pounds of bones. And I have, I don't even want to know how it figures that out. And then it tracks that. But what I love about that is, and I kind of wish, I almost wish there were a, like a blindfold mode uh-huh. where like, I just want to step on here and hear a beep and then step off. I don't want to see what my weight is because I don't care what my weight is today. And this is a big part of self-quantization. No one data point is that important. I mean, unless you go from 130 pounds to like seven pounds, like that's probably good to know. But generally speaking, I just want to keep capturing data for a trend line. And what's neat is if you have an Apple Watch, you don't even need to step on a scale. Your watch is being so, I know a lot of you know this, but just to, you know, kind of, I want to walk you through, you know, in the way that I would make my kid watch, you know, Island of Dr. Calamari. I, I think it's really powerful that Apple Health can capture all these things and, it actually, I, I would say in terms of ecosystem, it's a damn sight better than HomeKit. Yeah. I mean, HomeKit feels like they kind of like finished their weekend project and went, shoo, and then never really opened it again. Whereas Apple Health, like it works pretty well and it's pretty smart. I'll mention in passing a couple good things to know. One thing that's really neat about Apple Health is generally speaking, it does such a good job of not duplicating data. So like, for example, like, uh, it's, it doesn't natu- it doesn't like natively support Fitbit, but I used to use an app that would like bridge between the two. But mm-hmm. like for example, if I want to record a bike ride with Strava and I want to do it, you know, through Apple on my watch, you know, there's there's you know benefits to that kind of stuff, and it's pretty neat that it doesn't like if you put in three sources of data, it does not mostly usually if you're lucky capture like it doesn't put three. You know, I've got outliers where it looks like it thinks I walked 150 miles today or something. I'm like, well, I don't think so. But like, it's pretty great at that, at knowing that, oh, these take place at the same time. Well, how do you deal with that? Well, there's a trick that is incredibly non-obvious, but so good for y'all to know. If you're using Apple Health, if you haven't done this in a while, please trust me. If you like or rely on Apple Health in any way, please do this, which is go into any given parameter of Apple Health. Like, let's say, for example... Um, what's a good example of this? Heartbeat. Like, what's your pulse? Like, the most basic one. Of course, it also does stuff like uh, HRV, like heart rate variability. Mm-hmm. It does, you know, resting pulse. It does walking pulse. How long does it take? How, like, how far do you get in the six-minute walk test? All these different kinds of things. Again, not stuff you need to know unless you go in. But if you go in and you drill down, you go to browse, you click, you click, click, click. And whether this is going to be steps or, you know, steps or weight or pulse... Like, there's a pretty good chance that whether you know it or not, there's more than one device that's keeping track of that information and talking to Apple Health. Right. If you didn't know that, that's good to know. So, like, for example, Strava, which, you know, if I do a workout on my bike, Strava um, is recording that, and I can choose to have that go, you know, into Apple Health. That might also duplicate over to my fitness pal, et cetera. As far as weight stuff, like, yeah, the Wythings app, HealthMate, which is really kind of hot garbage. Well, no, the app itself is good. <laughs> I just have trouble getting it to sync right. But, 
But let's say you have three different sources of steps. Well, which one is truth? This is the, oh, oh, and then on top of it, like every Apple Watch you've ever owned, possibly every iPhone, like you'll notice if you drill down, you'll see, okay, what is all the data that's been collected? And you can say, oh, show me all the data that's been collected. And then, oh, that's cool. I didn't realize there was three different ways that this data is being captured. Go down a little further, a thing that looks useless at first is the thing that says, oh, here's all the things that are tracking. You know, Merlin's Apple Watch 1. And like, you know, all, all these old devices, plus the Wythings app, plus all these plus, like, I did not know this until the last year, and it's been a game changer. Uh, you click to edit, right? Probably on upper right of any given health metric, whether that's weight or steps or whatever, click edit. And yeah, you'll get the opportunity to like delete data from all of those. You get the little red, red buster, mm-hmm. but go further down to where all the devices are. You can change the cascade. You can change the order to say which device or app or service should win. Mm. Okay? So here's the thing. If you've ever gone to Apple Health and been like, I don't understand. That's weird. Why did why why does this like overcount or undercount or especially undercount or not count something? You might be very surprised to realize you never knew that a cascade existed. Mm-hmm. And by, by which I just mean like all of the things being equal, which one of these apps, services, or devices should win? And, like, for a lot of those things, you probably have a pretty good sense of that. Like, I know that, like, all the things being equal, I want my, I want, you know, fitness and my Apple Watch to win for bike rides. If it's for, you know, like, for example, heart rate. Think about how many apps there are that include the ability to capture your heart rate. And, like, if you clicked, like I do, clicked all on for all of those, you might be very surprised to learn. Like, I thought it was getting this from my watch. But maybe it's not because it's a little bit chaotic and I don't know how it comes up with its original notion of this. But go in and look and make sure the one you think should win, you grab the little thumb and drag it up to the top and you say, I want Apple, this Apple, this particular Apple Watch to always win. Or like for weight, I want the Wythings HealthMate app to always win. So if you've ever wondered about that, just go ahead and check. It might blow your mind to realize that Apple Health can be so much more uh, accurate. And, and almost as importantly, like, it's doing what you think it should do. Anyway, Apple Health has been really interesting to me, even though I don't use it to track anything, like, super important yet mm-hmm. <laughs> to my staying alive. But th- I think there are people who really do rely on that, you know, for various kinds of things. I've, I've got a – this is going to sound so dumb. I've got a, um, a thermometer, like a body thermometer. Mm-hmm but made by a company called Kinza, K-I-N-S-A. And uh, if I ever take my temperature, uh, it knows to add that to Apple Health, right? That's cool. It's re- it's real cool. I have a Colgate toothbrush that I got as a stocking stuffer for Christmas. Nice. Um, that's got the Bluetooth. And, and But guess what? It works, the Colgate app totally works with Apple Health. So if you want to start tracking how long you brushed your teeth, like it'll do that for you, washing your hands at least in the beta that I'm on, in addition to the whole like COVID era, like, hey, did you wash your hands for 20 seconds? There's one I hadn't seen before, which is, and it's not really working, probably because I don't go anywhere. But whenever you return home, a few minutes after you return home, if you haven't washed your hands, it reminds you to wash your hands, which I think is a a really neat idea. I wish I could do that with reminders. God, I wish I could say for location-based time. A lot of things that we should be able to do. Well, I should, like, like for location-based reminders, my problem is, like, my brain is, like, basically full of bugs when I go home in the afternoon. I'm just so stupid, and, like, I'm so melted down. My attention, I'm kind of crabby. My ADD medicine is worn off. And that's when everybody in the goddamn known multiverse texts me. 
beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. I get, when I lock my office to leave and the alarm's set, I get two different notifications about that. And that's, that's on me. But the point is I get all these blips and bloops. I lose it in the lights all the time, Dan. So if I had a reminder that says, hey, Dingus, uh, and I, again, this is an, a free tip for y'all, uh, remind me to take out the trash when I arrive at the house in 20 minutes. The, again, just to reiterate this, because if one person hears this, it'll change their world. Well, why did I say it that weird way? Why don't I just say, remind me in 10 minutes? Why don't I just say, remind me when I get home? Mm-hmm. Well, because if you get to the geolocated area that you ask for before that time is up, it reminds you then. Because the key part is like, this is a house thing. That's, I use this all the time and I love it so much, but the problem is I lose it in the lights because I got bleep, boop, 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 boop going on on all the devices. I wish I could set a thing that says, especially like per location, don't tell me about my reminders until X minutes after I've arrived somewhere. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be cool. I think this stuff is very interesting. And so well, just to give, so like I said before, in the stone age of this, uh, gosh, I'll get these from the bronze age. In the bronze age of self-tracking, you'd write it down like in your own little personal handwritten ledger. Boy, when you really get to the silver age, that's where there's an app that's keeping track of this stuff for you, maybe showing you patterns. I feel like the golden age that we're beginning to move into is, okay, that's all really interesting, but what does it mean? And Apple Health is pretty good at some of that stuff, especially on the beta. Like the stuff for like the stuff for sleep tracking, and especially um, the Apple Watch stuff for runners is so much better now. And as I said before, I'm just delighted that the Apple Watch. All I need to do is say, "Hey, Dingus, start an outdoor cycling workout," and it figures out, as previously explained, it figures out that I'm on an e-bike and like gives me the right calories and stuff like that. It knows I'm not really trying that hard because I have an engine. But anyhow. But the holy grail for this stuff, and this is something Alex and I have talked about so many times, I want so much stuff safely, securely, privately captured. And like, I just want so much stuff in there. And then someday I might want to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Here's one. I'm 55, dude. You know what? You know how I remember almost everything? Gmail and photos. Photos and Gmail. Gmail and photos. Like Gmail, if I bought something, obviously, like a receipt will probably be in there from that time. Hey, when did we go to Rhode Island that one summer? Well, mm-hmm. it's probably in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and just look for geolocated photos in Warren, Rhode Island, and I'll know that that's where that was. You follow? Like that's all stuff where like that was never in photos in Gmail were not intended to be a memory jogger for the elderly, but they work <laughs> out great for that. But like, so I just want all this stuff safely, privately captured. And then when the technology or the whatever gets far enough, I want you to tell me interesting things. I got a glimpse of this, at the time, unforeseeable future when uh, OmniFocus first came out and it had that ability to do geofencing, which is just the greatest. Do you remember how magical it felt when you could say like, when I'm near a drugstore, remind me about drugstore things? Like, what an innovation. Like, you could say, like, yeah, this particular drugstore, but you could also, and I used to spend a lot of time thinking about this, like, oh, you know, every grocery store has a drugstore, so drugstore should be a context inside of grocery store, so that when I'm in grocery store, I also get drugstore, Mm -mm. you know, reminders. That's such a brilliant idea. But what's the similarity? Well, similarity is, like, you don't need to remember to remember. You don't need to know to know. And like, I'd rather be smart about stuff that needs me to be smart rather than stupid about the stuff that wishes I were smart. Like that's what the goddamn dingus is for. Have it do it for me. So why I say that we're entering a golden age? Well, I've really had an itch for better understandings of correlations between different kinds of things. Mm. 
And so, like, I've used and paid for it for a long time. I used an app called Exist.io. It's in Notes. Another app uh, was pretty promising, pretty interesting, a little bit weird, is Gyroscope. And these are apps where you can basically say, like, give it access to my Apple Health stuff. Give it access to my location data. And you can draw these sort of inferences. And Exist.io, in particular, is like bending over backwards to try, and almost always fail, but to try and make correlations between things. And sometimes the effects are truly comical. I don't remember if I've talked about it here, but I would get, it was like, hey, like, here's, here's a new thing we learned about you. Like, I mean, stuff along the lines of you weigh more when you're in Washington, D.C. I'm like, really? Like, I mean, and, but luckily it would give you like a level of confidence, like how good we think this is, how confident we are of this. But like, wouldn't it be good to know stuff based on how you act? And again, very, very critically here in the Merlin podcast universe, not who you think you are or who you'd like to be, but who mm-hmm. you actually are, mm. right? This is the beauty of something like uh, Rescue Time, which, by the way, will work with some of these services. Rescue Time is that app, the creepy app that watches whatever you're doing on your Mac and just like keeps track of it. How long were you, you know, in these text files? How long were you in this folder? How long were you on Facebook? All this stuff. And that can, that's, think about that by itself. That's really useful to know. That's when I realized the person I thought I was, I thought I was somebody who used Twitter a little bit through the day. The numbers did not add up to that. The numbers were, hey, bud, you spend hours a day either on Twitter or more importantly back then, writing for Twitter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that doesn't feel wholesome. (laughs) So that's really good to know. Mm -hmm. But like, um, can you imagine in the same way that OmniFocus helped us see the future with geolocation? Can you imagine a future where you would go, oh, I just realized... I started taking a new medication or changed my dosage on this day. And I guess maybe the side effects I'm having might be related to that. Or again, do I sleep better when it's cool out? You know? And, and again, with, with so things like exist, and I'm not trying to slag them, but like it, it can be a little bit wacky and wild. Um, and you can, you can also check out Gyroscope. But part of it is I just, I don't like have that ma- having that many apps where I just leave all my doors open all the time. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want everything to be able to get into Dropbox. I hate the thing. Every time I, want, I try to, you know, uh, maybe I'm going to OAuth my way in with Google, which if you're going to OAuth your way in, you could do worse than Google probably. But like, I don't want all of my access to everything to be sitting there, even if it's very well protected. It just weirds me out. And I don't like location stuff and things that encourage you to log in with Facebook. And if I'm being honest, including this app that I'm about to mention, I'm not crazy about things where the very first pop-up you see is, is it okay to share, you know, with other apps? (laughs) That's a big red flag. Like, I better really want what this thing has because somebody on purpose wants to share my stuff. But anyhow... I just found this app, and I'll tell you how I found it. A friend of the show, John Dickerson, posted something yesterday that I think has become, and it's not because of him, it's, you know, he was posting something a lot of people were posting. It's in notes. And uh, so uh, John Dickerson posts this thing, and all the tweet is just, for you sleep obsessives. And what he's retweeting is a Reddit post from the Data is Beautiful Mm -hmm. um, Reddit. Um. And it's so. Can you see that in notes? If you click on that and look at it, these are screen grabs of a couple who live together and have been using an app called Bearable Hmm. for a while. Which I'm really, I'm I'm very intrigued by, and if I dare say it, a little bit excited about. So you click on this, and you're like, okay, so the dude, 
Um, this is an area called, and I'll tell you about how this got done in a minute, and then I'll let you go soon. Um, so, dude, his is effect on sleep quality. There's a 16 plus 16% correlation between sleep quality and whether he fasted the three hours before bed. His, his, uh, the, 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 the lady icon, she has a 12% correlation between quality of sleep and whether she was in bed before 11 p.m. Other things might include, did I take magnesium? Did I take melatonin? What was the temperature, right? Did I look at a screen in bed? Well, here's the thing. This bearable app, I, I'm really intrigued by because it's, hmm, I, don't, I, don't, I always never want to hurt anybody's feelings. No. Everybody's trying. But like this really appeals to me because it is an iOS app. I think it's a pretty young app, but it's a pretty neat iOS app that is all about tracking but tracking with an eye towards correlations and improvement. Okay, I like that. And I'll just say, the reason I'm excited about this, I, well, I'll probably come back to this, but I, I have a feeling we'll talk about it on Do By Friday tomorrow as well, because I'm, I'm pretty interested in this. But like when you fire this thing up, it has a, has a surprisingly pretty good uh, onboarding, where it walks you through all the onboarding, and, and you set it up, and you say, like, what, what's your deal? Do you want to connect up with Apple Health? So for example, it sucks down from Apple Health. I don't know why it's only these, but for whatever reason, it grabs sleep, step count, weight, heart rate, and blood pressure. Of course, it grabs all the obvious stuff, I guess. Like, it grabs, like, weather. Um, it can track, you know, obviously, it's going to track your sleep, which is huge for me. Like, I believe me, I want to know about sleep. But then it does some other stuff that's cool. One thing that's going to sound really namby-pamby, but I think it's neat, is it encourages you, and you can have it, you know, bug you through the day to check in. My friend Alex is using an app where all you do is hit a number between 1 and 5. And I'm like, what does that mean, between 1 and 5? And Alex goes, oh, it's like how I feel. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what's the rubric for that? It's like, oh, I hit three because I feel three. But this has a lot more detail. It'll say, like, how do you feel between one and 10? Which, again, not a huge leap forward. But you also then click on tags and say, like, I feel good or I feel happy. I feel anxious. I feel relieved. I feel whatever that is. If you want to do that. If you don't want to, you don't have to. It's okay, right? You can also manually capture things like I took a bike ride, I did this self-care thing, I did these kinds of things where I'm under a lot of stress because of blah. And so I think they call it, I want to say the word is factors, where like you can go in and say like, oh, for example, you might eventually learn as a result that you get migraines when you eat chocolate and drink wine. Well, how do you know? Well, one useful way is if you were tracking it in this app, you might be able to see that there's a pattern that it's seeing a correlation mm -hmm. between those things. I, I think that's, that's terrific. Here's the one I love. Gratitude. Hey, what are, you, are you grateful for anything right now? And you know what? Because I'm, I'm a big soppy mess this morning. I said, I'm grateful that I got some hang time with my kid. I'm, I'm grateful for that. And like, as we all know from Meta or whatever you want to call it, like expressing loving kindness and gratitude is not a bad idea. It's difficult to be mad at the world when you're feeling grateful. If right. you're be feeling grateful, I got to put this in the doc. This is good. If you're feeling grateful or helpful, you're much less likely to be pissed off at somebody right now. The gratitude thing. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. You can, what this, if this works, you will see results of things where like you learn stuff about yourself. That sleep thing's huge. And I, I've heard from people who know, I've heard for a long time. I've even heard this expressed as like every hour of sleep you get before 11 is like three hours of sleep after 11. The, the pre, no, but like the three. <laughs> I've never gotten to or, sleep you know, before or 11. Or like, a, a, uh, you know, a shower is worth an hour of sleep, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, 
But like, I, I, I know that's true. The later I go to bed, the less well I will sleep. And not least because I wake up the next morning, like there's a different, I get a different quality of sleep if I go to bed. I'm not going to yeah. say it's exactly 11 on the nose. That's really handy to know. Um, but then here's a couple other things that I have not seen in other places. And I can honestly tell you, Dimes and Donuts, I said this on Twitter this morning, something I have craved for so long. It tr- I-, I love spreadsheets, Dan. Like I have so many spreadsheets about so many things. Let's say, here's an arbitrary one. Let's say I want to see how well I think my air quality sensors are working, right? And, or like, let's say I want to see, I mean, think about this. Like back in the day of like Google Analytics. Um, oh, I, I need, I'm sorry. I need to let you go. But think about, think about the, okay, let me just get to the good part. I think anything that tracks data would mm-hmm. benefit from markers, Markers like this is when a thing happened. Furthermore, it's really handy. I do this right now in a calendar called Journal. I did this thing. I, I got I got a bike on this day. Mm-hmm. But like, wouldn't it be neat to be able to go in and say across everything that's being tracked, this is the day I got a bike, or this is the day that my medication changed, or like in the case of that air quality, something I always crave is like when we cook in our house, our air quality goes down. Why can't any of those apps like Eve or Aware or any of those, why can't I just hit a button to say, you don't even you need to know what this is. All you need to know, I need a green marker for start and I need a red marker for end. Don't you even worry about what that means semantically, right? I just want you to be, I want to be able to track that. You can do that in this app. So you can go in and create, no, they don't call it a factor here. They call it, and I am going to let you go, I swear to God. Um, you go in, significant events, right? So you could say something really stressful happened. Like I got fired or my partner and I broke up or I was hospitalized, mm-hmm. right? All that kind of stuff. Imagine all the ways you could drop a marker somewhere and then use that as a way to see whether there might be a correlation. So finally, I just think this is an interesting app. I think folks should maybe consider checking it out. And what's neat is you turn your phone to the side and it starts showing you correlations. It'll show you like since like th- this thing happened and here's a correlation between this thing and that thing. And then it's not going to be too smart, not over smart and you know guess for you. I just think this is a very interesting field. I think there's if we're going to put all of our personal crap into some notional cloud, A let it be a company that you trust. And B, like, let me do something with it. I don't want to just be, like, there's, like, medical devices you can get where the insurance company makes sure you're using it and spies on you and stuff like that. Like, that's so gross. But I thought uh, I thought this was interesting. I'm intrigued by it. I kept you longer than I said I would, and I apologize for that. That's quite all right. I all right, and let's button this up. Okay. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. 